Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 114 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode The Journey Out of Sadness, but I want to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the show, or you can go to iTunes or the Google Play Store and subscribe to the podcast there. Leave me the likes, the shares, the stars, the reviews. Let me know what I can do to improve. Or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com, write me a line. Again, let me know what you think of the show or if you have a question or something like that. And you can find me on Twitter, at JessLittleJoe. So go there to those places and I guess do the things. So yeah, I'm calling this episode The Journey Out of Sadness because like I said last week, I've been reading a lot about sadness. Um, I read several articles over the past few days. And I played a game called Journey that came out in 2014 uh, from that game company. I think 2014. My notes are correct. Um, From that game company. It's a quick hour and 40 minute game. So just like last week, I'm going to spoil this game a lot because it's so short. I don't want to not spoil it or not talk about it because it's so short. Uh, This game is kind of, you play like a robed figure. It's very stylized. Uh, You basically wake up in the desert. And all you see is a mountain in the distance with um, basically a beam of light kind of in between the mountain, kind of splitting the mountain in half, kind of like a a massive altar. And what you do is start making your way to the mountain because it's like a beacon of light. And you're basically in an expansive desert. Uh, As you travel, you kind of open up these cages with robes or parts of a scarf that attach to the scarf that's on the back of your robe as you're traveling through the desert. Uh, And your scarf gets bigger and bigger, and they use that as a mechanic for you to jump and float. The more of these scarves you find, uh, you basically are lifted up into the air, and you'll watch your scarf uh, start to glow and get like runic letters on it. So it's basically like recharging. And when you hold X to jump, it's on PlayStation. And it's on PC as well. It was only... um, I got it for free years ago when PlayStation was giving it away. Um, So I I play this as free. But um, basically, those runes that glow on the back of your scarf are your jump meter, which I think is a cool thing. So if you hold it down, you see the runes burn away. And then when you land, uh, you can't jump again until you release more scars from these cages or you find a, you'll find like a weird rune that's glowing in the world. If you find that, your scarf will grow so that way you can jump farther and things like that. You have, uh, I want to say the O button or the circle button. Oh, huh. it's a circle button on the PlayStation. Shows how much I play PlayStation. Um, it basically uh, extends your scarf. Oh, the O button uh, basically is a chirping noise, like a song. It's the only way you can communicate. Uh, what will happen is as you're traveling through the world, other uh, travelers like yourself, they the design is exactly the same as you. You happen upon them and you can solve puzzles together and help each other out by jumping and hitting whatever, like hitting levers. You find these tapestries that grow that create bridges, much like the scarf on the back of your uh, robe. Um, but what's really cool, and this was kind of a cool thing back then, 
you only have a button to make that chirping song noise with the uh, circle button. So you can't really talk to people. You probably could if you knew uh, Party Chat, but here's the deal. Uh, they throw you together with a random person on PSN. And since you can't talk to them, you have to use this chirping thing to try to get their attention. Now, the game's been out since 2014, and I was I heard that there was a feature. It wasn't ruined for me, but I heard there was a feature that said, uh, you know, hey, um, you'll run into people in the community, but that's all we're going to say. And it's like, well, that's weird. Uh, but what happens is they actually go on the journey with you. And uh, basically, um, as you're traveling, you find these uh, shrines that you basically sit down and receive a lesson from someone that looks just like you, but the screen fades to white. You're in a red robe in a desert. Uh, they are in a white robe, kind of in a cathedral. It's almost like a flashback. And they show you a little bit of what's more to come. And really, they're just showing you what the upcoming level is going to be like, because you think you start out in these beginning areas of desert. It's endless sand. There's waves of sand and waterfalls of sand. But as you keep traveling, you start going in ruins. You start going in towers. Uh, then you go, when you get up to the higher elevations, when you get closer to the mountain, you start getting to snow and wind. Your The effects are amazing. Your robe freezes over. Uh, snow forms on the bottom and icicles form because the wind is so cold. Your character starts moving slowly and try to. He moves. They move their head away from the wind, um, and it's really like I thought I was doing something wrong, so I had to look it up. There's also these weird mechanical leviathans later in the game that if they see you, they will uh, swoop down and hit you, and if they do that, you lose a piece of your scarf. So you, they have these big spotlights on the front of them. There's big flying leviathans. And I almost didn't make it, um, so it was crazy. But uh, what was revealed to me, uh, well, I'll say that till the end. So as you're traveling, it gets harder to travel. You go through the snow. You finally end up in the mountains, and the, the music swells, an orchestral score. You, are, you find yourself in kind of this Asian setting, and you're going through these kind of Asian archways flying through, your float slash flyer, uh, fly power with the circle button is kind of infinite. And you're kind of going up through these gates. And you kind of realize that what the people have been showing you through the mosaics, because you've seen several of them to this point, that basically you're ascending to heaven. Um, so you finally go through uh, these gates. You work your way to the top of the mountain. Um you see several of these figures nod to you and you basically go through the gap in the top of the mountain. There was a light that you saw from the beginning of the game and the game fades to white and then you see a burst of light uh, come from the top of the mountain, go through basically every level you've been through in the game in reverse while the credits are rolling. And then when the uh, beam of light comes, almost like a shooting star hits the ground, you wake up in the desert again. And uh, that's basically the beginning of the game is you see the light. Before you wake up in the desert, you see a beam of light come from the mountain, land on the ground, and then you wake up. Uh, it's you. So it's this idea of reincarnation, you know, the fact that uh, your character does cry at one point towards the end because the entities are basically showing you through these mosaics that, hey, it's, you know, it's going to get close to the end, you know. And, uh, yeah, it kind of hit me in the feels. It also made me feel very sad. 
and uh, the game's amazing. But one thing, again, that was revealed to me was right after the credits roll, or maybe right before, the other followers that were with me, the other people like me that I thought, okay, that's the same person, because I kind of lost track of them through some of the game. It's really short, but it was like probably 10 minutes where I'm like, oh, where'd that person go that was with me? And then someone came up to me and I thought, oh, because they don't have names over their head. You don't know their PSN account. You don't know their whatever. You don't know their name, their handle. And I thought, oh, they're back. Great, cool. I miss that, you know, that person for a bit. Let's see what happens. Well, during the credits, I was actually, it was two people. Uh, one person the first time and the other person the other time. So um, it was neat. Uh, it still blew me away, even though I heard, you know, something was going to happen with the community and all that kind of stuff. Um, I thought, oh, that's the same person. Uh, I can't imagine playing this game when it came out in uh, 2014 because I'm sure like that list was a lot longer and that uh, you know there was a lot more people uh, that you would run into in the journey. I got one trophy for this game because uh, you can't really pause it and you can't save it because it's really a 90-minute experience. So in the end, when you die and wake up in the desert, it just says New Journey. And you hit a button, and you wake up in the you wake up in the desert again to start the trek all over again. So obviously, it's something you can do over and over again. Um, I got one trophy for getting through an area without getting hit or something, but there is several trophies, and I got hit by the Leviathan, so I didn't get it. You have to find all the mo. There's like these other hidden mosaics that show a little bit about the world. Uh, I didn't find all of those. Uh, you know, you try to look in every nook and cranny, but sometimes you just don't see stuff. Um, but I think. So I think I cracked the sadness code, and here's what I'll say. Um, well, I mean, crack the sadness code. What am I talking about? I have a theory. That, so that's what it is. So my theory is this. Um, you know, when you experience some kind of traumatic event, uh, people want you to move on, uh, which is natural. You know, sometimes it's hard to talk about things, or things make people feel uncomfortable. Um, I guess with therapy, I'm past that point. But I don't want to. Pe I don't want people to feel sorry for me, and I don't want to feel sorry for myself, or they don't. Whoever is sharing this experience. But what you hear all the time is, uh, you know, you'll be able to move on. You know, you'll you'll get past this, and it is true. And I've said it several times. You know, uh, you don't move on from grief; you move on with grief. And I also think I keep hearing now because um, I listen to some podcasts, and people have lost some people during the pandemic. You know, it's been terrible for a lot of people. There's been a lot of podcasters I've been listening to that are just being honest about being lonely or sad, and maybe they've lost somebody in their life. I also listened to uh, Terrible Thanks for Asking with Nora McInerney. She talks about grief a lot. Uh, and the theme, even she has said, you know, hey, this is something that happens to everybody. You know, somebody will lose somebody. Um, and that's what makes it kind of tragic in a way, is that, you know, we'll all lose somebody and we'll all have to go through this. It's not something unique. So you know, we have to cope with it. We have to move on with it. We have to kind of be better for it. And I totally agree with all that. But sometimes when you hear things like, uh, you know, hey, it happens to everybody, to me seems a tad bit dismissive. And I think what I'm kind of grappling with right now, and I think that's why I'm a little bit sad, is that again, I don't want people to feel sorry for me. I don't feel sorry for myself. It is something that happens to people. I mean, eventually my parents would pass away if they weren't ill. Um, you know, my children, uh, hopefully, you know, um, if you, if you're a parent who's lost a child out there, uh, you, you don't want that to happen. You know, the, the natural order is obviously the parents pass away before the kids. Um, but I think my theory is that yes, 
death is natural. Again, it will happen to everybody. We'll all die. It's, you know, the only, the second inevitable, what the, the what's that old saying about death? Uh, birth, taxes, death. You know, those are the three inevitable things in life. Um, my theory is that, yes, uh, although all that other stuff is true, that uh, although everybody experiences stuff like this, your experiences with the people in your life are unique to you. So if, um, you know, yes, again, my parents were going to pass away. It was inevitable. Time is against you. But the experiences I had with my mother and my father were unique to us. The experiences my mother and father had when they were married were unique to them. The experiences my wife and I had in the hospital, uh, you know, after she lost uh, our son and the miscarriages are unique to us. So although people do experience miscarriages and, um, you know, terrible things, you know, uh, parents lose children all the time. Uh, those things are unique to us. You know, those moments we had with the people that we love are unique to us. And so, again, I don't want to feel sorry for myself, but I think that is how I'm kind of moving through all this is like, yes, everybody's experience will experience death or grief or tragedy. I mean, it's life to experience something terrible, uh, unfortunately, but you get the highs too. Um, but the experiences you have with people around you are unique to you. And I think that really uh, was exemplified in the game, the idea that, hey, another run, you know, let's do this again. It'll be sad. It was really sad at the end. Uh, when that creature that's like you, I don't know if it's like a god or a deity looks at you, shows you on the mural because you're kind of looking at this mural as it's growing, growing, growing and just kind of nods and you see your figurine at the top of this mountain kind of hunched over, frozen from the snow and it's very sad and you know you have to go through it and you know what you have to do with it. But my experience with going through the game, running into two completely different creatures uh, or two different people like myself going through the same thing was unique. The way they jumped, they chirped at me to try to find something. We were kind of helping each other out where we would leapfrog past these ribbons to release more of the scarf particles that would kind of float up in the air. And um, then the other character went through, helped me find one of the side murals that you just light up in the corner that kind of shows a little bit of the world. That was unique to us. So we had a unique experience in this game that just happens over and over and over again. And although I died at the end, I was reborn and can do it again. I'm actually probably going to go back and play it one more time or two more times. Again, it's only a 90-minute game. So you're able to really kind of focus on what's happening. And now you know, now that I know, you know what the end is like, I guess I can kind of enjoy the middle, which I guess says a lot about life. If you know uh, you're going to... I mean, everybody knows they're going to pass away. Nobody lives forever unless we come up with some strange... Mechanical heart that'll make us live 200 years. I doubt that. Um, yeah, you got to enjoy the middle. Um, but uh, that's, I think, some of the reason why I was uh, experiencing sadness because it seemed like in everything I was listening to with podcasts and reading, it was about, um, you know, hey, uh, knock it off. And I think, I think I mentioned this before, but years ago I was looking at Twitch or something. And there was a doctor on there who's doing like live Twitch um, therapy. Like, you know, people were willing to call in 
and somebody had a really good line of like they kind of uh, said at the end, like, well, you know, I've experienced all this terrible stuff, but um, you know, I guess people have it worse, which is, I think, another way to be dismissive and to be like, well, it ain't, it, you know, it can't be that bad. But she said, yeah, but just because other people have it worse doesn't mean your pain doesn't matter. And I think, to me, that is kind of what I've been grappling with, you know. Um, sometimes I feel like a really bad version of Batman. You know, my parents died, but I don't get the mansion and the money and the cool ninja powers. I don't get any of that. I don't even get the smoke bombs. It's like low-tier ninja stuff, and I don't even get the smoke bombs. Um, but I think that's kind of like what I've I've come to. Um, and I think, again, I've said it before in this podcast, I've been listening to a lot of kind of conservative points of view and that gives me different perspective on life and liberty and things like that and uh you know it is interesting to hear that from people and hear how they feel and how they view uh life and get different philosophies because it's important uh again to do that and like you know i don't always agree with these positions and i've said before i don't but you know to see how other people cherish things in their life basically cherish the middle I think is important, you know? So, um, yeah, play Journey. I know I just ruined it, um, but it's good. It's on PC. I checked before I recorded this, uh, well, a few days before I recorded this. I think it was $14.99 on Steam. Uh, so that is pretty affordable. Uh, on It's only on PlayStation and uh, Steam. But um, check it out. Uh, it's very very good. Um, again, um, I kind of am on the other side of my sadness. I'm no longer, uh, totally sad. Um, because I, I just had this big epiphany the other day of like, you know, these unique experiences are mine. Uh, and, uh, yes, my parents died and it's bad, but, uh, you know, I was thinking about this with my grandmother too, the other day, like, you know, she passed away years ago, but every time I think about her, I smile. And I'm doing that more and more with my parents, even though I realize they weren't perfect and they had problems. And uh, that's gratifying um, to know that, you know, the people that you love still bring a smile on your face even after they've gone. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's kind of how I'm doing it. So um, I think that's it this week, guys. It's kind of a shorter episode, not too short. But I want to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com. Monday morning at 7 a.m., go there, uh, leave me a message, leave me a comment, let me know what you think, or you can go to the iTunes store, the podcast store, the Apple iTunes, or the Google Play store and subscribe to the podcast there. Give me the likes, the stars, things like that. Or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com, go there, drop me a line, let me know what you think of the show. Or you can find me on Twitter, at Joe. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's the episode this week, guys. So um, I'm a little bit ahead, which is good because there's a game I kind of want to crack into that is not long, but is a little bit time consuming. Uh, so I'll be able to do that and dump into that. So that'll be in a few weeks. Um, I'll keep it a secret for now. Um, this isn't like the other political podcast I have where you, <laughs> we, like, I don't know if you, I have a political podcast with my friend, uh, Avin Carroll. It's called The Grief of Politics. We do tie it into grief because, like I said in the last episode, uh, my therapist actually gave me notes because he listened to an episode and he said, I don't understand what this episode specifically have to do with grief. 
So I've been really trying to tie it back and not in a weird branding way with this podcast, but in an actual meaningful way because, uh, like I said, in the political podcast that came out on the 20th of uh, July, um, no policy happens in a vacuum. You know, no matter what you do and whatever your political affiliation is, uh, when laws are passed, it does affect you. Even something as an infrastructure bill, <clears throat> maybe where a road's going to be built or something's going to be a built is going to affect your life. Uh, you know, um, taxes affect you. There is grief, um, especially when it comes to violence. If there's rioting, if there's shootings, those affect communities. If there is an infrastructure problem where people can't uh, get clean drinking water, there is grief in that. The fact that you were, you know, your whole way of life is upended. And so uh, what we're trying to do, uh, Avin and I um, are trying to bring more conversations of that into the fold and not in a branding way, but a real genuine, thoughtful way, because I think it's, that's what it is, you know, um, these things are hard. So yeah, I mean, I guess I just plugged that randomly. But uh, yeah, if you like uh, that podcast, it comes out once a month. Um, and Avin's got his own stuff, and I won't plug it on here because he usually plugs it on the podcast. But if you like politics, I'm a little bit more left-leaning. He's a little bit more right-leaning. Uh, go there, uh, subscribe. It'll only come out once a month. We tried to keep it with Inauguration Day. So the first episode was out January 20th. Uh, and then they come out on the 20th of every month um, after that. So we're only on episode 7 right now. But yeah. Um, so I think that's it, guys. So everybody have a good week. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.